Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 upon checkout to save 15% off every single one of your orders. Also, go check out Gimmick Coffee. I Just take my word for it. They got some cool shit over there. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, we've got a very interesting human being. He's uh, ripping ruts on Instagram, and it's his first time on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Jeff Critcher. Jeff, how's it going? Howdy, howdy, everybody. Hey, do you have that Medterra? Is that ad copy that you have written down or typed out, or do you know it by heart by now? I know that by heart. I've said that every podcast for the uh, for the last little while, and uh, your audio is coming in a little bit quiet. Uh, did, did you move further away from your audio, or...? How about now? That's better right there. Okay, perfect. Um, so, yes, um, Medterra has been with us for over a year now. Um, the, the discount code does great for us with uh, getting people activated, and, and they, they definitely see uh, Big MX Radio listeners coming in every single month, uh, and we get a small slice of that on the, on the discount side of things. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's great for them. It's great for us. And, uh, yeah, I don't need uh, – sometimes I, I tweak it a little bit, and I think that's what kind of helps it become more organic. If I just read it the exact same way every time, maybe it would get stale. But, uh, yeah, I try to throw some different things at it every once in a while to keep things fresh, fresh like gimmick coffee. <laughs> so yeah, Gimmick Coffee is my brand. Brad, I'm gonna put you on the spot here right now. Are you gonna do that thing that are you gonna do that thing that you did to Hoover where you went from bro bro on the phone and then radio announcer as soon as you started pushing record? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I plan uh, this. <laughs> this is full radio voice. Uh, welcome to the Bring MX Radio Podcast. Well, uh, for Kircher, the record, you going, do Jeff? you absolutely have the face for radio. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And same sentiments coming right back at you, my friend. Um, the uh, the the overwhelming level of hipster that you're able to achieve on a daily basis leaves this podcaster in awe. <laughs> okay, so we're cutting deep. I like it. Let's go. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, ripping ruts, uh, something that uh, although uh, most motocross racers would would claim that they can do, that most people uh, are sometimes shy to because uh, it, that can get scary. That can get uh, there's some, a certain level of skill involved with that. Why brand yourself uh, on social media, especially on Instagram, um, with uh, not only a very relatable sentiment uh, from all motocross uh, racers uh, far and far and wide but also uh something that's uh, a little bit uh, it, it cuts deep it's uh, sort of like you're either part of that uh, crew or you're not so um <clears throat> do you know the full tagline of uh, uh, the okay so rip and ruts is the first part do you know the second part nailing uh the pit sluts at the track that uh hang around all the racers that uh uh that that rip the ruts that's right. Ripping ruts and nailing sluts. Obviously, the second half wouldn't fly on uh, on IG, so I went with the first part. Protocross tried to. <clears throat> yeah. So it was just one of those things. I, I, You know, I don't know, dude. It was just an Instagram name. I mean, I've had Jeff Crutcher and, you know, Pumpkin MX681 or whatever it was, but... Mm, you know, dude, it's just an Instagram handle. and I don't know, like... 
The big trend right now that I'm noticing is a lot of guys are doing just like their first, you know, <clears throat> they'll have a first name and they'll try to find somebody with that that has that Instagram name. I know that Benny Bloss is negotiating with the dude that has Benny. And so he's trying to nail down that, which mm. is all good and well, you know, because then every time that you type in uh, Benny to look up anybody, then Benny Bloss is going to be the first one. To, yeah. Kind of like to, Malcolm to, McCassie to with Malcolm. Uh, yeah, precisely. Only problem is, is that uh, in, in the pursuit of gaining more uh, reach, followers, activation, interactions, etc., cetera, uh, people are going to click on Benny's profile and they're going to get a, a good hard look at him and just say, nope, and move on. Yeah, I don't understand. That's funny that he'd be after that because uh, um, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be yeah. completely blunt, like no, like um, my Instagram handle could be uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and that's not going to get more listeners on the podcast. Absolutely not. No, uh, uh-uh. but. Okay. You know how it's just it's a branding thing and and it's important. Branding is absolutely important, but I don't think that an Instagram name is the most important. Now, with that being said, in all of my travels uh of being, you know, a, a motorcycle racer and especially riding for Swap Moto Live, like that's absolutely where a major part of my um I don't want to call them fan base. I I, I don't I don't necessarily think I have fans. I, I think I have people you have that an are audience, in, perhaps. Yeah, an audience. Yeah, thank you. Um, I've definitely had a lot of people spot me and just yell "Ribbon Ruts," which is a lot of fun. Um, and and it's definitely odd to be called by my by my screen name, you know, on Instagram. But at the same time, it's a lot of fun because it's better than you know just Jeff Crutcher. Woo! Fair enough. I, like you, you, uh, you, I'll put it to you this way. And like, I talked to, this is, uh, something we talked about on, uh, on DMs when I slid into your DMs about a week ago. Um, when, when you, when the helmet comes off that like, that's almost like, like ripping ruts is you on the bike and your style on the bike and like head to toe always has like the nicest kits, like unbelievable style, super aggressive, like when you take off the helmet, like that's your Peter Parker. That's your Jeff Crutcher. You're like right. the, 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 the hipster glasses and the corduroy hat, the whole nine yards. Like it's almost its own alter ego. Yeah. And you know, I grew up. Okay. So I, whenever I Story turned, whenever I, yeah, whenever I turned 16, I started getting into hardcore music and metal as well. And okay. that, so like I was around, the music scene a lot in my uh, teenage and early to mid twenties. So I like the, the prototypical hipster dude, those were my people, you know, not some, I mean like, like through and through hipsters or art snobs. I was more on the like tough guy side of hipsters of, you know, cut off camo pants into shorts and oversized black tees and hand tattoos and, and that end of it. Whereas I, okay. I, I mean, I, punk yeah, rock. I, yeah, yeah, more, more towards the punk, the rock punk hipster. Yeah. More towards the punk side of hipster. Um, than it is, how do I say, actually, you know, what's funny is I just wrote about this. It hasn't released yet, but I just wrote about a lot of my travels, uh, touring with, with hardcore bands selling merchandise. 
And uh, that's that'll be the next one that comes out on Crutcher's Corner uh, on SwapMotoLive.com. So much of uh, of like what I do, you know, is shaped around like a hardcore and punk rock ideology of you know I just be I don't have to do it the same as everybody else. Like I want to do shit differently, and so like going against the grain and doing the doing things. Um, par- you know, opposite of what like the norm is has kind of been like my mo, and so I mean, I think that kind of kind of radiates in everything that I do, dude. I've been a two-stroke guy for you know a two-stroke exclusively almost for ten years. Um, I got yeah, some four. I I got some four strokes this year because I got tired of eating shit on the starts against. You know, Brad Depringer, Vince Monteleone, Brent Rouse, and all these other guys that have no business yeah. beating me, but they were pulling whole shots on me and plus 30 and plus 25. I'm like, you know what? This isn't fun anymore. So I I yeah. I, I sacked up, got some four strokes to race on, and it's um it, it that was a tough pill to swallow because I'm, you know, I, I'm known as being the two-stroke guy. I still have one, you know, don't get me wrong. I still got it in the garage, I'm ready to rip it. But oh, and she's beautiful. Thank you. The ideology of mine of just doing it different. And like, I don't like being told what to do. Like I have a massive like uh, um, bone to pick with authority as a whole. And because of that, I think that's kind of also my selling point that what that's kind of what makes me brandable. It's funny how like, you know, the the human experience, the the pursuit of individuality is doing the same exact thing as everybody else because everybody wants to be an individual. Therefore, being an individual makes you just like everyone else and is actually the exact opposite of individuality. So it's like this, I'm, I'm caught in like this, you know, um, existentialist crisis of trying to be different, but also it's just the same shit as everybody else. Fair enough, as well as picking words far and above the heads of the loyal listeners, the Big MX Radio uh, listeners, uh, they will be no doubt going to the thesaurus to uh, to to be looking up a few of the words from your last <laughs> couple of sentences there. Um, but um, that actually it's be, it kind of un- unpacks a lot of, of the questions that I sort of have about what makes Jeff Crutcher ripping ruts uh, such a um, unique take on not only the sport of motocross but uh the way to present it and the way to uh like basically thinking outside the box for so many people is it's just so hard to do like you you try and like just try and brainstorm with them they can't do it whereas i I find someone like yourself literally you can come up like almost single-handedly come up with more outside the box uh ideas and, and ones that actually hit um, more often than, uh, say like you, you put 10 of me in, in a room together, we're not coming out with the same stuff that you're doing on your own. Uh, how does that get cultivated? And like, have you always been able to do that? Yeah. And so much of it is by the seat of my pants too, where like, I, I know that I have a task at hand and I would just sit down with, with no real, no real plan of attack. Like I'll just have an idea on a whim and then I will just, uh, okay, let's, let's buckle up. And, um, I'm going to have a, you know, an internal knuckle duster with my idea and beat, you know, beat the living shit out of it until I figure out, is this even, is this idea we're pursuing? And, um, 
If it is, okay, now let's figure out the nitty gritty details of how to do it. I took a lot of things, you know, I try to do things with an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, not necessarily of, can I make a dollar off of this? But is there value in this? And and, and value is okay. always measured in many different forms. And it's, it's, it's an interesting, to me, it's something that interests me is finding value in something. And I think that like you were just saying, you know, my take on a lot of things, dude, I don't have like, I don't, there's so many times, especially whenever you start getting into political ideology or, or even bigger picture of like religious philosophy or things like that. Like I don't have a side. I'm so, I'm not a nihilist by any means, but I don't have like any, you know, I don't have a foundation yeah. necessarily that I'm there are rules. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't have an, a necessary, like, okay, this is my bias and I'm going to lean up against it and then throw darts in every direction, except for what's behind me. See, for me, I mean, it's like, even the shit that I think up, I'm just like, okay, no, hold on. That's like, I got to pick this apart. So with everything that I do, it's, it's that same, you know, like, okay, I'm going to, instead of leaning one direction or, you know, agreeing this way, I like to sit on the fence and play devil, devil's advocate in both directions. Regardless, dude, even if we're talking about something as simple as like jetting specs, or if we're talking about, you know, what defines a person, you know, at their core, dude, I'm always going to sit on the fence and whatever it is that someone, you know, comes to me with their opinion, even if I agree. I'm going to give them, you know, uh, 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 a contrary um, counter, you know, to whatever it is that they're saying, because I fucking like disagreeing. I like looking at things, you know, through the other lens from a different perspective. And because of that, um, a lot of the like my business dealings, my brands, my arena cross team, like everything, dude, I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to do the beaten path. Sure, it works. And there are some, you know, there's some formulas that I have that I can take from like Carrie Hart about um, fan activation, but I'm going to, I'm going to update the style, you know? And so, so, so much of, of that ideology that I take of essentially being, you know, without an ideology is, it makes things a lot easier for me because I don't have a bias. Um, so how this all relates to motocross, you know, like you, you slightly mentioned is like a lot of the ideas that I have, you know, I'll write about something like, uh, you know, people, people shitting on Geico for leaving, for leaving motocross. And like, I try to Very big common right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I try to big picture that and say, okay, guys, Let's think about this. Whenever we all sit around and give the proverbial middle finger to Geico and dip out on them, that only sets a precedent for the next company that's on its way in who has hired their, you know, PR firm and their, you know, marketing agency to scoop around inside motocross and see that we're all a bunch of dingbats that are pissing on Geico for leaving. And so many brands. Wait, they know that we're dingbats? They do. And so many people oh, will have like, yeah, I know. Sorry. They'll have, you know, like a five year, a five year plan to come to come in, um, extrapolate as much as possible out of the consumer and move on. That's a that's what businesses do. That's that's why, like, you know, um, Monster Energy was a 
was the sponsor of NASCAR for a very short amount of time. You know, I mean, it's just like they came in, they sniffed around, they realized they already had the demographic, and then they rolled out. And it, it, and like, there's no reason to to just ruin a company over that. You know, it, businesses are going to make business practice, uh, you know, or business maneuvers and that's okay it's totally fine so yeah i mean like i I don't think the average person is sitting around and taking a step back from being pissed at geico and seeing that hey this is bad for everybody here uh on on motocrossers behalfs whenever we're sitting around and just you know shitting in our hands and throwing it at at geico or all corporations that may have an interest in motocross and they see yeah. you know that we're just a bunch of Chevy monkeys trucks. that we're just a bunch of monkeys flinging shit around at each other and they're just like you know what i think we'll go to uh pro bowling instead <laughs> a little more predictable over there for sure and like yeah there's a lot i'm sure there's a few businesses that like they they read the either the message boards or the comments and everyone's like yeah like after uh damn near at least half a decade if not more like a full decade i don't know like the 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 fc honda team uh had like there was i think the first year they had geico was either 08 or 09 so you're driving over a decade with the team and then at least a half uh, at least a half decade as being uh presenting sponsor of the nationals uh that's a ton of money for one and uh as an advertiser um but so I think honestly, first and foremost, the uh, motocross community should be grateful for those dollars that were uh, that were spent here. But also, yeah, like the, I guarantee, there's businesses that are like, yeah, like obviously, like we can get some traction with that comp- uh, with that uh, that demographic or those those uh, those fans. But uh, as soon as we pull pull the plug, like we're gonna lo- like we, we're not gonna have any retention going on there either. Um, so yeah, that's that's going to create a knee jerk reaction from a lot of other sponsors or anyone new coming in. And dude, I would love to see like an old Navy Honda motocross team or something like that. And yeah, I mean, there's big company. There's no reason that there shouldn't be that kind of Amazon uh, Kawasaki. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. There should, there's no reason that there shouldn't be that kind of participation in our sport. Like we are the perfect demographic of people that have money to burn. And so, it's it's very amateur looking whenever I see that kind of um, behavior, you know, from from the, the consumer of the sport itself uh, acting that way. But nevertheless, the point I brought the reason I brought that up is is, yeah, I mean, t- to your point, that's that's what I try to do is just look at something not even through, you know, a left lens or a right lens or, or even a centrist, but just unpacking the entire thing to you know, the third dimension of, okay, well, what's the big picture here? Um, okay. Yeah. But anyway, um, Hey, let's talk about my arena cross team. Ask me whatever it is. That's, that's, that's what I really want to talk about. So hit me with your, your line of questions for that. Fair enough. Well, in that respect, uh, I know I talked to uh, my good friend, Talking Boy, down uh, from California, Michael Lindsay, about starting his team. Worst mistake he ever made, worst decision he ever made, although he continues to do it. Um, I can't imagine that uh, that you're not feeling the exact same thing uh, with people uh, shitting in their hands and throwing it in the wall in this industry. Um, why start a, a arena cross team and and why choose uh, your running mate? That uh, it'll be it looks like it'll be a two person team. 
Okay. So while, yeah, Talking Boy, <laughs> uh, which have you, have you ever told the story of why his name is Talking Boy? Uh, I sat with him at a Mexican restaurant for uh, four hours one time. So I kind of got the, the gist of it, but I've never really gotten to the bottom of it. Like, uh, would you care to enlighten us? Uh, yeah. So there was, and this is, you know, just one of those stories that have been handed down uh, through folks around the paddock. It's, um, there was one of the technicians from, I think, Honda, I'm not sure, were in the States and they were uh, referring to Michael. They couldn't, the guy couldn't remember Michael's name and they just called him Talking Boy. Uh, referring to Michael to someone else, and it was understood immediately who he was talking about. So I think I think that one stuck and stuck well. And you know oh, me yeah. and it, me and, and ML fits, though, like we're we're boys. Michael will talk about nothing and everything. I know, yeah. So we're boys, and um, you know, I I know that he had a hell of a year this year, and I was uh, I was curious to get you know, some tips from him. So whenever I, I decided to launch my team, I gave him a phone call. I I've never talked to him on the phone before, just a little here and there on the IG and I, I've seen him and in, in person, it's all been, you know, high fives and all good. But, um, yeah, I called him. I'm like, all right, dude, let's get this hashed out. Like, you know, what do you really think? How, you know, what would you suggest? What are some, some mistakes you made, et cetera. And he gave me, he gave me some good, uh, some good inside information. A lot of it, I already had a, a gist of, um, yeah, Michael, what's funny is he definitely chose accidentally the worst year ever to start a race team. Whereas, you know, a lot of people are like, Whoa, dude, starting a race team, uh, post COVID, you know, still, we're still in, in a quote unquote global pandemic and you're going to start a race team. The answer is yes, because I'm sure you've noticed literally everybody in the industry is just killing it right now. Now with all bubbles, uh, there will be a burst, but at the same time, dude, I mean, we're our, our schedule set with the Hoosier tire arena cross championship the buildings, the the contracts are signed with the buildings. Like we're we're dialed. Whether we have fans or not is a totally different thing. I'm pretty sure that all the venues we're going to there uh, there there are no you know gathering restrictions or anything like that because most of the series is in the Midwest and the Mid South, so it's a little more open up here. Um, as for why I started a team. Honestly, I was just kind of reviewing my summer so far, which it's been a great, a great year of racing for me. I've, I've put in a lot of really good on track performances and had a really, a lot of good uh, relationships made with other folks in yep. the industry. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep the ball rolling here. I'm going to race the Hoosier arena cross series. And, um, as I, as I just kind of did, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I'll have a knuckle duster with my own idea. And I came out on the other side with something polished up really nicely. And I, f I found something in the sport that there is a need for, and I'm going to fill that void. It's a, it's a big picture operation, something that no one else is doing, something that's never been done before. And, um, it's, 
proprietary information of what it is that I'm doing. So, so the team has, it's, it's two faceted. Yeah. I mean, we are a race team, um, but that's on the shell on the outside. Um, what, what we actually are is a rolling trade show. Um, that is a, you know, we are a branding, a brand representative team. So like all the partners that we have, the companies that we're representing, we have a reason to go and represent them. And that's the Hoosier Tire Arena Cross Series. Um, we are getting, we, we've got a lot of great support from a lot of great companies. And could I, could I go race those races by myself for myself? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd make money doing it too. But right. it's for me because I want, you know, I take that entrepreneurial spirit uh, into everything that I do. I'm like, well, is there value in this? Could I turn this into a team? What, you know, could this be a new avenue that I could unlock of something I enjoy? And it's been exactly that. I, I really have loved all of the negotiating and the relationship building and the lobbying on behalf of my team and myself and then my rider, Brandon Yates, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm still racing too. So I'm, I'm, I'm doubling as team manager and racer. Um, and, and like it, I just wanted a challenge and I knew that, you know, it's going to get cold out. So my only options were race arena cross or ride the Texas winter series. And I, in order for me to ride in January and February, I mean, you know, this pain, you have to drive a really long way to be able to ride your motorcycle during the winter. And it's yeah. not, it's not 14 that, hours. right. It's not that different here. I mean, we're still looking at 10 hours because we get, I mean, we're well North of the frost line, you know, come January that you aren't, you're not digging more than a quarter of an inch down into the ground. Um, the, the race team was a challenge that I gave myself, you know, it's like, how do I figure, how can I figure out how to do this? How do I, you know, negotiate? Like, I mean, because, and I've, I've kind of coined this term. I was a sole proprietor, a rider a couple months ago, and then now I'm a full-fledged team owner. Um, did I go out and buy an 18 wheeler? No, absolutely not. I mean, we're doing this thing on a shoestring budget, but we do have a budget and we've got really good partners that are helping us along the way. And I'm able to do everything on the same professional conduct scale uh, that you would find at Monster Energy Kawasaki or HRC or uh, Star Yamaha, uh, but we're doing it with a with a smaller you know smaller finance number. But that number does not reflect whether or not we're going to be professional. I mean, everything about this team built into you know the appearance, the conduct, how we're how we you know are going to present ourselves um, as brand representatives the the engagement that we're looking to have digitally um to fan and racer interaction at the events whenever we're in the pits like everything around it like i've obviously there's going to be stuff that i didn't think of but there's i mean like i i i tried to sit down and think okay how do i do everything that might be thrown at me how do i you know build build out you know, X, Y, and Z for every time that, you know, someone approaches me, um, about, for example, the recluse, you know, EXP clutch, like we're running those in our 250 Fs and I 
like I've been working with recluse about, Hey, help me understand this. So I, so then whenever, uh, you know, Jimmy schoolboy dad can come up, you know, comes up to me. Yeah, exactly. Comes up to me and says, Hey, okay, what's the deal with this clutch? And I'm like, well, and then I go off of ad copy and bro science, you know, with a, with a sprinkle of anecdotal evidence on top and we're selling right. clutch, you know, we're, then we're selling clutch packs. And so that's the goal here is to represent the brands that are, you know, are partnered with us. Then we go out onto the track and perform out there. But first and foremost, it's digital, then activation, then race performance. And throughout all the negotiations that we've done, uh, only one time have, have race results been brought up and, you know, I told, and he's an old school guy that's, that's owned a lot of companies. And I kind of told him, I was like, Hey dude, you know, I love, I love that you're a core moto, but just, just so you know, like, that's not what we're about. Not that we're not going to go out onto the track and perform. Not that we haven't been taking testing seriously. Not that we haven't been training, but first and foremost, brand representation and activation. So it's, I, I like I'm more, I consider myself more of a, a marketing operations guy than I do a race operations guy, but I'm doing both yeah. at the same time. Um, so the team's name is called ATC Flipside Racing. ATC is, uh, that's the, uh, the acronym for Around the Clock Fitness Centers, which is a chain of gyms in Western Tennessee. It's a key fob okay. style 24 hour gym that there's like 25 locations Um, we're helping them more so on the digital end because obviously I live in the Kansas city Metro and only two nights of racing are in Western Tennessee, uh, in our series. So we're building more of a content, um, a content marketing solution for them as opposed to, you know, physical engagement. Um, then we have flip side, which is a dual chamber, drink and dry storage container. So think of the best way to describe it. It's like a pill shaped Yeti. It's an insulated beverage container on one side, 20 ounces. And it's a little bit more than 20 ounces. It's got an insulated flip top lid that, uh, has a, a carabiner on the top of it. And then you screw the thing open and you have, uh, you got your drink. You can, you can put a little gimmick coffee in there or you can put water, Red Bull, whatever it is that you wish. And then you flip the thing over and there's another, the bottom screws out of it. And then you, uh, drew, you can keep snacks, nuts, cash, a GoPro keys, um, mountain bike guys will put CO2 cartridges in the bottom there. And then they, they just take one, one piece of equipment on, on the trail because they can put it in the water bottle holder on the, the, the lower part of the frame on their mountain bike. So it's like this super utilitarian, utilitarian device that does two in one. And yet it's still half of the price of a Yeti. Um, and so, and, and we know that, you know, people buy Yeti because of the brand name Yeti manufacturers, yeah. all, Yeti manufacturers, all Ozark trail, um, drink equipment, which is that's Walmart's brand. It's the literal same exact thing. The only difference is one says Ozark Trail, one says Yeti. So the flip side, half the price of a Yeti, it's manufactured by, by uh, Flipside has their own manufacturers. Um, 
and it's 100% flip side. And yet it's half the price of a Yeti and double the function too. So there's nowhere that you can go wrong with the flip side. Uh, we also have um, big shout out to EVS um, for providing us with knee protection. Um, we've got a, a whole list of technical partners um, that you can find on the on the Instagram. The best place to, to keep up with the team is on Instagram. It's ATC underscore F-L-P-S-D-E. Flip side, no vowels except for the E at the end. And, uh, and then and underscore we're, we're going to put a, a link to the, uh, the Instagram, uh, okay, when perfect. we post the podcast. Great. So yeah, it's, it's, it's like, um, you know, really just about all the thing I need to do is just ATC underscore and the team should pop up. Um, as, as, as we have this conversation, uh, as soon as we're over, I'm going to start building out the, um, the official press release for the team. We had a photo shoot on Wednesday of last week at the Fuel House. Uh, my sister of Moto Mom Media came in and she ran the studio shoot. And then Anton came over from St. Louis, Swap Moto Live. Michael Antonovich came over and uh, not helped. familiar. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows who he is. That's why I had to explain. No, me either. Yeah. But, yeah. So, um, yeah. so I, Anton came over and did a, uh, he helped us with more like the product end of the shoot and like the lifestyle shots. And then, um, then on when I'm sorry, on Thursday, uh, Brandon and I went and rode at Kevin Moran's house. He's got like, it's more like Daytona than it is a supercross track, but it is, it's quite jumpy, very technical, a lot of back and forth, real long, long rhythm sections. Um, but we went and rode at Kevin's house and did a, a riding photo shoot, which is amazing because it's in the trees and the leaves are perfectly gold and, and red with a little light green mixed in. They're really cool photos. Um, so now it's now it's just preparing everything to to get ready for round one. I mean, it's um, you know I'm going to all the major media outlets, so Swap Moto, Racer X, Motocross Action, um, Pulp, etc. Down the line, and sending them our PR uh, PR release about the team. And then yeah, dude, full bore, full throttle, all gas, no brake to round one of the Hoosier Tire Series, which is uh, November thirteenth and fourteenth in Claremore, Oklahoma, which is just outside of Tulsa in um, the Claremore Expo Center, I believe is what it's called now. And it's one of the bigger floors. It's very similar to Guthrie, which is Lazy E Arena, which was a staple right. on the AMA on the AMA Arena Cross Series back in the day. Um, yeah, so we got. We've got one race in November, one race in December, and then eight races in nine weeks through uh, January and February. So that's the the meat and potatoes of the season. Um, so yeah, it's kind of nice. You're have a very busy 2021, or at least the first two months. Holy crap, yeah. man! Yeah, correct. So and then once the series is over, if the you know kicker still has not released their series, if we have the opportunity to go over and participate in some of their events, I mean, we absolutely will take 
the um, the flip side, uh, I'm sorry, the ATC flip side bikes down to wherever it is that we can compete in their series also. But the focus is on the Hoosier Tire Series. Unfortunately, there are no Supercross Futures events this year. We we talked about going to one or two of those where the schedule would allow, but obviously that's off of the table entirely. So for now, it's just uh, we're just focusing on the Hoosier Tire Series and then um, a couple exhibition events here and there to uh to keep our iron sharp fair enough so so tell me about this running mate of yours uh uh the skinny and um and very fast brandon yates the 23 machine tell me about him brandon is a 22 year old dairy farmer from a small town in kansas uh just 30 minutes south of where i live um Brandon has been racing the pro class for, I believe, let's say 2019, 18 is when he moved up to A, uh, earned his pro license last year, and then went to Loretta's one of this year and qualified for his out, his first outdoor national. Um, okay. Yeah, Brandon's, I mean, he's the real deal. Uh, I would say he is the talent of the team. Absolutely. Like, uh, I, you know, I have to pick... Um, between me and him who are who our featured talent is and it's easier for me to put him on the pedestal than myself because he's so he has so much raw talent um i hope that i can massage brandon a little bit this year into becoming a more mature rider and i think that 19 nights of arena cross racing will do that to you that's what we have on the schedule so brandon i mean there are times, you know, where me and him will be the exact same speed, you know, in, in a moto. And then there's other times where he'll just just light my ass up, dude. Like, I mean, you know, and, and he'll just check out and be gone from everybody. Um, he's very, very fast. Um, it's He kind of needs to contain his speed a little bit and become a little more cagey uh you know and know when to tap into that at the right opportunity as opposed to just straight sending it at all times it was hard for him whenever we were doing the photo shoot the other day at moran's house we're all trying to coach him of dude no 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 like you don't have to go so fast like pump the brakes we're just trying to style and look good because the one double that we were really working off of to get the whoop photos uh, or the whip mm-hmm. photos, which I'm not a big whipper, but we're getting a little style, little a little 32 year old style out there. And um, hey, just turn I turned 32 on uh, on Friday, man. Okay, well, so you know uh, that yeah, you know preach. the deal. Preach. And I mean, yeah, we're like, dude, no, no, like like roll into the face and pop off of it. Don't try to scrub through the face. And it was like he's like, I can't. My bike's so damn fast. I just, I just want to land on the throttle and power through. And we're like, dude, no, no, no. Like, let's, it's all good, dude. We're chilling. He, Brandon grew yeah. up going to uh, Moto X Compound, which is Matt Walker's place. So he has okay. like this intensity about him that's like 110, you know, Ryan Dungey super pumped out on the track at all times, but with the style <laughs> of like Justin Barsha. So it's, um, Uh-oh. it, <laughs> It's entertaining to, you know, to watch the kid ride because there's some shit he does, dude, where I'm just like, is, is that Malcolm Stewart? Like, how does he have so much talent? (laughs) And then, and then there's other times where I'm like, God damn it, Brandon, just like get it together. That's not to say that he's like a wild card by any means. I don't want to paint that picture. My point is that this, this season will be, um, 
it'll be a pretty big task for him because he's never done really this type of professional racing where it's, you know, we can't, we cannot win the series in the first, the first weekend, but we sure as shit can lose it. So it's, it's going in and understanding, no, dude, we have to, you know, we've got 10 weekends of just grinding meat and at the last weekend in Tunica at the finals, we hope that we can stand atop the box, you know, you know, one and two would be ideal. Uh, somebody has to win. Uh, we have, we have, we've got really stiff competition this year. Um, I know that we've got returning champion, Michael Hicks. Um, he's a St. Louis guy. He's going to be riding his big St. Charles KTMs. Michael's tough. He's very, very consistent. He's also extremely talented. His weakness is probably his starts, but I'm sure he's working on those. Um, also out of St. Louis is Brett Greenley. He's a 17-year-old kid that is uh, tight buddies with with Hicks. And uh, Brett's extremely talented. And I, I, you know, I know that he's probably going to win some races this year. Uh, Grant Harlan is, um, from my understanding, going to do the entire series um, contesting on a Phoenix Racing Tyloob Honda. Um, while okay. while Peters and I'm not sure I'm not sure if Jace Owen signed again with the Honda team, but I know Peters is going to defend his title at um, at Kicker Arena Cross, and then Phoenix Honda is looking to expand and have their third man Harlan at the uh, Hoosier Series. Um, KG veteran Justin Kelly out of out of Chicago, um, he's he's heavily supported by uh, Hoosier Tire as a company. He does the entire series. Um, you know, obviously Brandon, you know, big flashes of talent. I'm expecting really good results out of him. And then, you know, myself, I mean, I'm going to be at every race. Um, so, and, and I'm going prepared, very prepared. Uh, Preston Taylor, he's a kid out of Nebraska, a lot of raw talent, um, kind of an up and down guy, but he still, he still finds himself in every main event every night. He did the whole series last year. And, uh, I'm sure that he wants to give Hicks a run for his money for the title this year. Um, there's, we'll probably have eight guys this year that are going to do the entire series. Jay Reynolds, the promoter of the series, um, owner of Motorhead Events, he's really focusing on the pro end of the series this year. Not that he's not giving the amateurs plenty of love also, but the focus I think is, is on putting together a more professional uh, package and he's doing so with, with Mav TV. We're getting, uh, I believe six rounds of coverage on Mav TV and I could have the numbers wrong here, but it's uh, four, four rounds are going to be tape delayed and two rounds will be aired live and then there's also um he's working on coverage for the other races as all with another production company i i can't give out the details on that one yet because it hasn't been announced but it looks from from what i understand my understanding is that we're going to have um Quality quality coverage on every round except for the very first one, and the only reason that it's not getting aired is because it's it's just too 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 much too quick to be able to be prepared for it. And I think that we're going to run that race as like a as um, a live a live simulation, and 
um, run it around the clock as opposed to just being Moto 1, Moto 2, Moto 3, etc., that it's going to be more of a, hey, we have we got to do this as if we're on live TV. So it'll be a nice a nice warm up for for everybody you know that's operating the races. Hoosier Tire is the title sponsor of the series. I think that this is their third year as title sponsor of the series. Also, Sunoco Fuels, uh, Sunoco Race Fuels specifically, is uh, is helping um, is helping a lot this year, and they're also a partner of our team too. Um, the the Hoosier Tire series as a whole, I mean, it it grew from, I mean, originally Jay's first indoor event was uh, lawnmower races on a TT course inside of the Ozark Empire State Fairgrounds Indoor Arena in Springfield, Missouri. Now he's got um, 10 solid B-market cities that, um, you know, and, and a full-scale a full score race program. And I, I mean, if in my, in my honest opinion, I think that the talent from first to 10th is probably a little bit deeper than it is at the kicker series, which they'll have, you know, Peters, um, stank dog, Kyle Bitterman. If he comes back, uh, Sanier, um, Jace Owen, and maybe a couple, I don't, that's about it for their series. You know, they have five, five, maybe six really top quality guys. Whereas we have more, more of an even, an even keel, deeper talent all the way back to 10th. I mean, it's, I think that there'll be a lot of different winners this year. Um, Harlan probably is coming in as the heavy favorite for the series, uh, just off of his outdoor performances this year. Um, but it's arena cross, dude. Anything can happen. You get a bad start and, um, a couple guys are on their A game and I mean, Grant could, you know, potentially hit a sixth place finish and it be the best ride of, of the season, you know, but just nothing went right for him, uh, out on the track for the other competitors. I mean, that's the cool thing about arena cross. There's so much, you know, liability and there's so much, um, Oh yeah. You know, things guesswork. can go really right and things can go really wrong. Right. Yeah. And especially whenever you start getting into lap traffic, not even that they're necessarily like out of their element or something like that. But I mean, you just get a guy that's two inches too far over to the left whenever you're trying to hit the whoops and it puts you into a bad line. And you've got, you know, your competitor right behind you that's that saw it happen in front of, you know, in front of him. And he's able to capitalize on that kind of stuff. It happens every single lap in a, in a 15 lap main event in a rear cross. So it's 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 a very entertaining package, um, you know, that Jay offers. I can't say enough good things about the series and the amateur participants. It's there are a lot I think it's about a thousand entries over every every two day weekend between Friday and Saturday night. I mean, it's it's a large wow. Yeah, it's a large event. Um, this is going to be huge, especially before Christmas. Like the the I think the events happening pre twenty twenty one, like just like events for people to attend, things for th- things for people to look forward to. Uh, that's something that uh, I think there's been a, a, a serious lack of here in twenty twenty. Of course, different places getting different variations of lockdown. Uh, something to look forward to, a schedule to stick to, um, and train for. I think that's key. Uh, that's key. And the thing. There's going to be, I can say this with utmost confidence, 
there's going to be a lot of people within the industry paying attention to these first two races that are happening in uh, November and December. A, because there's nothing, and I mean nothing else going on. And B, yep. um, I mean, you know, between the television package and, and the first round coming up here in two weeks, um, last time that I talked to, to Peters, it was it was Phoenix Honda's intention to come in to that first race. Um, so we're going to have, I mean, we're going to have the AMA champ. We're going to have our, our series champion, and I'm expecting probably 35 riders in each pro class on both Friday and Saturday night. Um, it's going to be a big event. And I think, and, and I think Anton's going to come to the first race and cover it for swap model live. Um, obviously I'll have something to write about it on behalf of the team. And then I'll pin that, you know, my goofball, you know, uh, pineal gland view of, of the races. Um, and then, you know, coverage results, recap, et cetera. I'm really looking forward to it. Like there's been so much effort and so much work. It's just like, now we're finally getting close. And, uh, yesterday I went and rode like a at scale, like gnarly arena cross track, finally with some real whoops. It's, it's hard to find an arena cross track in the Midwest. And Chris Thies, um, he's an old pro rider that, um, he's done a handful of outdoor nationals, but his, his big thing was he went overseas and raced in, uh, all over Europe, uh, based out of Denmark. And, um, Chris came back, opened a training facility at his house in, in, um, Eastern Kansas. And he's got an arena cross track. And I went out there and rode yesterday and like, I'm not going to lie, dude, first at first, it's not that I'm intimidated. I was just like, okay, you know, time to put the big boy pants on. We've got real whoops. We've got a super cross triple. We've got a catapult, you know, some, some tight timing sections with, you know, some step on step off options or a triple up and over type ordeal. And it's been, um, it's been building up towards that yesterday. I got to get out on the track, you know, got my sea legs about me. And then once I did, dude, I was, I mean, I was ripping and I'm very pleased with the way that my motorcycle's working. Uh, big shout out to race tech and JH two for dialing us in with an extremely competitive, uh, suspension package that, I mean, I'm going to tell you, like, we did not set the bikes up for pure arena cross. We set the bikes up to corner. Um, the Hoosier races do not have giant whoops. If, if the track crew decides to build big whoops, all we have to do, I mean, the way that we had race tech build out our suspension and uh, JH2 dial it in specifically, we're just a couple clicks away from having full blown arena cross suspension or a couple clicks away from being able to race, uh, you know, a, um, a rough local outdoor race. So we're, we're dialed for our suspension. Um, and it was really nice to get out onto uh, a pretty gnarly track yesterday and get those, get those laps in. So it's, it's just, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, this first round is there's been, like I said, there's been so much work involved with the whole operation and becoming a team manager and doing these, you know, the dealing and the negotiating and the, and, and developing, you know, big picture, what our partners want. Um, it's been, it's been a hell of a process. And now here we are, um, let's see, sitting at 13, no, 11 days away from the first round. And I'm jacked, dude. Like I'm ready to go back to the track, get some more laps in and then start the final preparations next week to, to load up and, and head down to Tulsa. 
Yeah, and, and when you show up to Tulsa, I would imagine that uh, in addition to the the uh, long list of names that uh, that you mentioned, that I think there's going to be uh, a ton of sort of like those kind of bubble guys that are that are looking to try into main events and um, and a lot of like supercrosses and outdoor nationals that are going to make their way to these events, given the fact that there's nothing else going on. Uh, I think there's going to be some serious talent in the A class. I think uh, this 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 series, um, like you said, there's nothing else happening. Like, if, if I wouldn't be surprised if if, if the 800 shows up, <laughs> he may. You never know. I hope he brings his ESR 325 out with him and, and smokes us all. You know, with some Maxima 927 or what is he running? I can't remember what ESR puts in there in their two strokes, but. Um, if they put anything other than maximum 927, uh, they're going to lose. So Yeah, for Let's sure. So, um, you know, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Cheyenne, well, Cheyenne Harmon, he just, he's got He'll a husky. Yeah, I don't know if he's got a 250F, though. That's the thing about these 250Fs. Mm. I mean, that's, I'm on a 250F. Brandy Yates is on a 250F. I mean, we've got matching. What about John cycles. Short? Yeah, wouldn't surprise me if Short's there. Kevin Moran's, I'm sure, will show up. He's 450 only right now. I know he's got his mm-hmm. two race bikes that he rode this year that he's rebuilding to put back together to sell. Uh, I think that Cheyenne does not have a 250 right now, but it wouldn't surprise me if he borrows one. You know, also Scotty Winterstrom likely to show up. Bubba Paul Lee very likely to come down and get some get some warm ups in. Um, yeah, I mean you've got there's definitely some regional top talent. Um, around the area that, I mean, you know, we could have a full blown, you know, barn burner on Friday night and I expect it to be that. And I, I, I'm, um, I don't, by no means do I think that we, uh, that we bit off more than we can chew. Um, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's exciting to go into a race like this, you know, not knowing exactly who's going to be there, not knowing, you know, where we're at, not knowing, um, you know, do, are we showing up prepared? Do we have the right settings? All of that stuff, like, as opposed to where, like, it might make other people nervous. I'm looking forward to it of like, okay, you know, did we, did we put, did we put our work in? Did we do it the right way? How are we feeling? And then, you know, we start setting up the barricades and the barriers and the back walls and the flags and, you know, the polished motorcycles with the uh, SC1 all over them and just like, just just ready to go and then eventually we got to throw the throw a leg over the bike and and see where we're gonna see where we're stacking up do i think necessarily that i'm gonna be able to go out and hang with john short not likely i mean just i mean straight up john short's what national number 43 that's gonna be a tough um that's gonna be a tough uh uh order you know to fill but racing's racing and there's a reason that we drop the gate and i've built i've beat bigger names than John Shore in my day. And, um, you know, not that I'm like calling out John, like, <laughs> I'm going to beat you. Uh, but literally you know, calling out the nicest guy in motocross. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Him and his nice old, uh, caterpillar mustache on his top lip. Yeah. But point being it's, there's been a lot of anticipation, a lot of buildup. And I mean, also shout out to everybody that's been following the team developing on the way. Cause there has been a lot of people that have been following what we're doing on Instagram and, you know, from the initial like inklings of announcement, um, you know, just, just a little here, a little there and people, 
you know, people are psyched for us and, and it's exciting to give, to give people something new to root for. I mean, not that people are burned out on Benny or, or Forkner or anything like that, but you know, I mean, it's, it's, we've been cheering for those guys for so long that it's, I know that there are a lot of people that are kind of excited to have something new to cheer on, you know, somebody, and, and again, not saying that I am, you know, Benny boss caliber or, or with Austin or anything like that, just to clarify but it's just mm. the fact that I think ta- people are a little bit done with Austin on social media right now. I think that maybe needs to be a, think, a little bit quieter than it there, once was. Uh, there might be a few people that feel their ship has sailed on, on Forkner, but you know, Hey, he's a, <laughs> he's a Missouri boy. And obviously I, 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 I hope that he, he, yeah, that he can continue, you know, his, uh, his career on the up. Um, but you know, the buzz is around the Arena Cross series right now. And so that's, I mean, we're heading into it. I feel like there's more hype on the AX series than there has been even whenever it was, even whenever Amsoil had their series. You know, not to say that Feld dropped the ball or anything, but it just, it was just kind of old hat. It's been around for so long and, and been the same thing for so long. And, you know, how many times can you see a Babbitt's Monster Energy Kawasaki uh, guy dressed in moose? And and Alpine stars go out and win. You know, I mean, it's it it just got boring because they were so good at it that you know, like yeah, they're one, two, three some weekends. Right. Even if you showed up, you know, as Team Faith or or the uh, Tyloop Honda, it was still just like, well, let's be honest, we know who has the. I mean, it's it's budget racing at that point. You know, who has the most money to to buy the best rider that year, much more so than like in Supercross where you might get a Shane McElrath for, you know, $85,000 this year on a smart top Honda going out and, and able to win, you know, able to win a main event. Um, so it's arena cross is not quite like that. It's because it's smaller. It's, it's pretty easy or it was whenever, you know, it was Amsoil arena cross. It was pretty easy to figure out who was going to win by the end of the series. Um, but with that being said, yeah, there's there's a lot of hype on the on the on the series this year, more than any other year prior, and obviously there's a lot of buzz going on with the new television package on Mav TV. Um, if you're interested, listeners, in finding out more about the Hoosier series, just type in Hoosier and Arena Cross on your uh, on your search engine, and it'll be the first thing that pops up, and you can find. You can find all the dates. Like I said, we're starting the 13th and 14th of November and then racing through the final weekend of February. Um, it's a 10-round series, 19 nights of racing, 10 different ten different locations all across the Midwest and Mid-South. So, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Texas, um, Tennessee, and Mississippi are the states that we're racing in. And... Um, there's, there's a class for everybody, whether you're an amateur or, or a pro, or even a guy with, um, you know, some bark busters on your old YZ 426, come on out. There's a class for you. Um, it's, uh, you know, I hope, I hope to see record turnouts this year and, and, and I can't speak on behalf for what general admission tickets will be. I think it's kind of a case by case. People know what's going on in their own counties and their own areas. And, you know, you know, what's up, you know, if there's going to be. Uh, ticket sales or not, I, I'm not in Shelbyville, Tennessee, so I don't know, you know, what's operating out there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really want to see, dude. I want to see deep talent in the pro class this year. Like, I want it to be tough. I want there to be, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of teeth gritting. You know, 
just tucking your chin down and, and bulldozing through. And, and I think that we'll see, um, we might see some surprise, some surprise names at the end of the series as for, uh, you know, who, who did the best, uh, job of, of, um, you know, the war of attrition that, that arena cross is. Absolutely. And like you said, um, I honestly feel like no matter who shows up, John Short, his mustache or otherwise, uh, regardless of, of the results that are achieved, that's not going to stop you guys from being able to um, present your sponsors, advocate for your sponsors, and, and do some really cool things for the guys at Maxima and the guys at uh, ATC, as well as uh, looks like you guys also have, like you said, uh, uh, EVS and uh, gimmick coffee, no gimmicks there whatsoever, but uh, <laughs> like some good coffee nonetheless. Um, suspended by your your race tech suspension, UFO plastics front to rear. Uh, some some weird company that does your graphics called Rippin Ruts. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, when you need some refreshment, you'll be going to your uh, your flip side to uh, whether it be for a snack or uh, a cold or hot beverage. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds. Um, but yeah, dude, it's, uh, you know, I don't know how many times I got to say, uh, I'm becoming a broken record. It's exciting. I'm ready for it. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to get the first gate drop out of the way and for us to be, you know, in the meat of the series and, and, uh, and be putting ourselves, you know, in good position for title contention at the end of the year, even though that's not our objective, it's still, you know, I'm a racer through and through, dude. I started racing in 95. I've been doing it since then. Haven't stopped. And it's, I mean, I'm still core to the bone moto dude, you know, I mean, it's, um, as much as I love the, the marketing and branding end of it, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm competitive. I will say the other day, Brandon and I went and rode and, uh, there was a rhythm section that I kind of started doing, um, but I was jumping off of the track in order to, uh, triple into this one deal. And he started doing it on the track and, um, he came up short a couple times and as I'm watching him do it. I like, I don't get nervous ever whenever I watch my friends ride. Like I'm, I'm just like, Oh, well, if they crash, you know, we're all going to be fine. You know, no big deal. But now that I, I have a rider, you know, I have, um, a contractually obligated second bike that I have to be on, that I have to have at the races. Um, it's a lot more nerve wracking for me whenever I'm watching my guy ride. Cause I'm like, Hey, dude, come on. Let's, we, this is practice day. We can't win today. We, we need to carry this over to the races, but, um, that's, that's just part of, that's part of being a team manager is, and so is, you know, negotiating with a company and then getting the ghost from them for, you know, a couple weeks at a time and, and then learning, oh no, like we're just not going to work with each other at all. But we've had, I've had pretty good luck with all of my companies uh, that we're representing and the, the brands that we're working with. It's been, it's been tough for some of them because they don't have, you know, there's a lot of them where we're at the end of the year and their marketing or, or their, their budget is totally smoked because the last race of the series was three weeks ago at uh, Fox Raceway. And so it's like, well, right. there's nothing, there's nothing else. So there's no reason to have any budget left over. Um, the, and the only budget that's left over is allocated for, you know, like pro taper with uh, uh, rockstar Husky. I mean, they've got, they've got bars that, and whole shot devices. They got to supply to, to the, the Husky team that they have allocated. But I mean, 
that's it. You know, there's not there's not a lot of room left for for uh, a B market arena cross team of uh, some old dude and some skinny uh, dairy farmer from Kansas. So all good. It's just been it's been a lot of figuring out, OK, where do we belong? Where do we set where, you know, how much budget do we have to operate within? And, and um, you know, how can we make this work for everybody? And, and luckily for, you know, for us, we found we found a good common ground with all of our partners and um, it's uh, they all seem to be excited about what it is that we're doing on the back end of the program as, as well as on the front. So yeah, it's um, again, you know, rolling trade show, then race team behind that. Fair enough. And uh, along with updates, of course, if you're not already following the team uh, and you, 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 like you've gotten this far on the podcast, you haven't looked up uh, ATC uh, flip side race team. You guys are going to check that out, get updated. I'm sure Rip and Ruts is going to be sharing that as well. But uh, you, you don't want to just like do yourself do yourself the favor by following both accounts. Get yourself fully informed. Uh, some ideas outside the box and some uh, some really really cool stuff going on with both the team as well as uh, as yourself, Jeff. And um, like I, th- I think it's going to be a great uh, great season for you. I think you guys have a lot of cool stuff lined up. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I honestly wish you guys the best of luck with it. And, and honestly, I, I would like to extend an invitation to you in two weeks time to come, come back on and sort of, uh, and recap that, uh, that first weekend at the races, sort of give us a, a bird's eye view of how it all shook down. Yeah, I definitely think it would be, I, I would love to do that. Come back on and give you guys a, a recap of how things are going. Um, yeah, just whenever the whenever the time allows, we'll get we'll get connected and do a do a recap. Um, also, I'm going to be writing. Obviously, you know, I have my my weekly opinion editorial that I do on Swap Moto Live. I'm sure some of that will be about the Arena Cross series, but again, that's more yep. just about whatever I want. Um, I'm going to be writing um, uh, like a a very specific race recap that I'm going to post on the vital every weekend. So if you don't have time to catch up on the pod, but, uh, have, have five minutes to do a quick read, you know, I thought about starting my own website and doing a blog on there, but then I realized, eh, you know what? I'm already, I'm on vital all the time. I might as well just stay there where everybody already goes and reads everything anyway. And I'll just, I'll just post it on there and get, uh, hopefully get everybody stoked out on how the team is is unfolding fair enough so find jeff on vital find him on instagram and find him on swap Moto live if if this isn't a where's waldo book but if you can't find jeff you're not trying uh and you can also find him here uh, on the big mx radio podcast where he, he this is his first time we were gentle uh but he will be a repeat offender on the podcast coming up uh in the the weeks and months that come along uh i i, I certainly see uh a relationship budding especially because um, during this podcast, I don't know if you heard some rumbling in the background, but I did pour myself a cup of coffee and needed that to get through the rest of the evening. Uh, and uh, before I let you go, I need to get some advice on, uh, on, on what to order as far as this gimmick coffee is considered. Um, it's, it, 
it looks quite good, but like I don't know, like coffee beans can look appetizing uh, on on a photo. They might not taste good. Like you can't really. It's not a scratch and sniff thing. This Instagram. Uh, so uh, like, give us a little bit of theater of the mind when it comes to to the gimmick coffee. For uh, I would imagine many of the the big Mexican listeners, all four of them are probably uh, big coffee people. Yeah. So. Uh, to, to all four of you that are listening, first, thank you for making it this far. We're north of an hour. Um, but, okay, so gimmick coffee. It's, it, is, it. it is anti-bullshit coffee. I, I buy my coffee from a uh, professional designer roaster here in Kansas City. Kansas City is actually a big coffee town. Um, there's a, there are a lot of roasters here. And at one time, the Folgers plant was here in Kansas City also. Um, but... I have I have two roasts of coffee, both dark roast and medium roast. Uh, the, the instead of something that something that I don't adhere to whenever it comes to describing my two roasts of coffee um, is I'm not going to tell you what it is and then you drink it and not identify with it at all. For example, many coffee bags will have some fanciful. Uh, taste description on the outside of a complex crescendo of chocolate with high aftertaste of cherry and a sweet finish. And you're, and then you're pounding, you know, your cup and you're like, what the hell dude? this just tastes like brown burned water to me. Well, that's mm. the, that is the gimmick. You've been of to the Tim co- Hortons too, apparently. <laughs> that is the gimmick of the coffee industry where they tell you that it's something that it's not, but it's a fancy looking bag. It's got fancy art on the outside and they charge you a price that makes you think that it's better because it's more expensive. Truth be told, it's just smoke and mirrors. Gimmick is really anti, you know, like I said, anti bullshit coffee. I've got the best stuff for the lowest price that, can be done for the quality coffee that I've got. My dark roast, um, I describe it as an underwater explosion at dawn, as opposed to uh, describing the actual taste profile, because I want you to hit that first that first sip and be like, whoa, you know, <laughs> this is the stuff right here. Now, the thing about my dark roast is it's not the most powerful flavored coffee in the world. I don't, I don't buy into super powerful coffee. I think that is a gimmick and it sells, but people that buy like, you know, knock your dick in the dirt, powerful coffee don't really actually like coffee. Um, I like that brand though. Thank you. So this, um, <laughs> this, uh, this stuff it's it's smooth, dude. It is the smoothest dark roast that you can buy. And okay, just FYI, the thing about coffee content is it's just like race fuel. The more fuel that you add in, the richer it is. The more coffee you add in, the more flavor there is. You can dial back the flavor amount by dialing back how much coffee you brew to your water ratio. Moving on to the, the, the medium roast, it is like... It's like if, if you had a Folgers or you had a Maxwell House type coffee, but made it extremely not shitty like those are. And it's, it is a Brazilian sourced, excuse me, a Brazilian store sourced uh, type of bean that, um, God damn it, hold on. Sorry. Uh, it's, it's a Brazilian type bean, uh, Kona roasted that uh, provides for 
a delicious medium roast. You know, some people are not super into the lower end uh, dark roast. And so I found myself a nice middle of the road uh, roast uh, with, with my roaster. And, and uh, so this is uh, my take on medium roast. And I describe it as snake lightning in a bag, as opposed to describing the actual way that Anything. it tastes. So, um, yeah, I, I offer both of those in um, ground, and then I offer uh, the dark roast and a whole bean also. That tends to be the more the coffee drinker's flavor, um, whereas the medium roast is kind of people that just dabble in coffee here and there. They tend to go towards the medium roast, and I get it. It's all good. I'm not going to discriminate for, for what style you like. But nevertheless, um, yeah, so I have two different roasts of coffee, and... and um, as for as for what my suggestion is for for you or anybody else out there, dude, just just get get a roast that you like, and uh, and start brewing it well. Don't put it in a cure rig because that burns the coffee beans and out comes I don't know like just a blooper reel of of coffee, and then um, auto drips are okay. So like a Mister Coffee Machine, not a huge fan of those, but it's not the worst thing. Uh, a step above that would be a French press and, uh, you can make yourself a delicious cup of coffee, cowboy coffee, because it's got a lot of the grind still in it, but it's, it's good. That'll, that'll really give you some, uh, caffeine content, a French press will, but the, um, the gold standard of, of coffee brewing is through a pour over or a Chemex and it's, um, it, it takes a while, but it's, it's a fun ritual to be part of in the morning. Uh, to heat the water up, wet the filter, um, get the, you know grind the beans, pour them in, and then uh, take the time to to uh, let the you know get the coffee beans wet, let them breathe, degas, and then you really start your brew by pouring 190 degree water over the top of it, and at the end you have yourself um, some really 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 delicious coffee. So um, if, 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 if anybody has a coffee question or anything like that, just shoot me a message on IG and uh, I, can, I can steer you in the right direction. Um, yeah, so that's, the, that's, that's Gimmick Coffee Company. It's, it's my e-commerce coffee brand sold right here out of my, out of my house. I have, it, I have it professionally roasted and packed by, by my supplier and then I sell it out of my house here. And I do, and I do, pri- I do uh, priority shipping all over the country too. All over the country. Do, do you ship to Canada right now? Ah, uh, dude, getting coffee into Canada is is a nightmare. Getting coffee through really? cust- yeah, getting coffee through customs is really really hard to do. Huh? Yeah. And on, what, what's the reason? I I, dude, I don't know. What is the what are any of the reasons why customs are a nightmare? I don't know. But every time yeah, that I've ever tried, um. I think I, I I think I've sent coffee to Canada three times and two times it got sent back to me because it didn't clear customs for some I mean just asinine reason, and of course they don't really tell you exactly what the reason is they just give you some mumbo jumbo, but Interesting. anyway, okay, Bradley, listen, dude, I have I've, this has been a huge um, uh, a huge benefit to me and ATC Flipside on behalf of myself and the team. I want to say thanks and thanks to uh, absolutely your podcast and and all the followers and fans of uh, uh, Big MX Radio and and hopefully you know if you listen to this podcast and you see me at the races, come up and say hi and you know let me know that you heard me on here. Um, but I gotta I gotta pack this thing up and roll out. I've got another five o'clock 
meeting with Dave of the the collective experience was I wish we could have got into that, but um, you know we're doing that's we're doing, okay because I'm doing uh, Instagram live with David David eight, eight o'clock. So oh, awesome, great! You you can, uh, dude, you should. I, I'll just um, don't even tell, don't even tell. I won't tell him that I talked to you, and then you should just be like, okay. tell him, yeah, <laughs> you can just bombard him with questions. Perfect, perfect. That's awesome. Well, uh, it's like. That's awesome that you're meeting with Dave. I really appreciate you making some time for us. This has been eye-opening for not only myself, but I'm sure my listeners are loving it as well. Um, I haven't gotten a request yet because the podcast's not out, but I know that we're going to have you on again um, and a a few more times after that if you're not uh, tired of of receiving our calls. But uh, get on with the rest of your evening. Grab something to eat before you call up Dave. And uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's make this a regular occurrence. All right, Brad. That sounds good. Thanks, bud. All right. Take care. That's a good podcast.